Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode. More iCubs games and an owner concession and ask me questions if I was confusing. I'm not talking a whole lot about the negotiations for the um, CBA. A lot of people are spending a lot more time at it than I am. I'm not spending a whole lot of time on it. There are occasionally things that seem to be a bit strategic that possibly merit discussing. And there is something that is a bit strategic that merits discussing. And I will get to that after I talk about more iCubs games. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Um, as of, what was it, two weeks ago, there were supposed to be 140 games. I think it was 140. 140, does that, 140, 142, something like that, whatever. Uh, yeah, I think it's 140. Um, 142. One for, hang on, I got to do the math. Do the maths. It's eight. No. Six, two, 22, 24. There are five, six game series this year in minor league baseball. Six game series. So all the teams have, um, Multiples of six. Multiples of six as far as how many games are being played. Uh, so low A, let's see, it would, uh, 140, 120 would be fine. So if you're going to add on another six, 126, 132, 138, 144. 144 would make sense. A few iCubs games were added this year as trip, the AAA season has been extended out to 160 games. 160 AAA games. So, frankly, the AAA season is going to be longer than the Major League season if you want to look at it honestly. Um, I haven't done the research to find out why. Um, honestly, AAA, I'm less interested in the player development on the AAA end than I am at the lower ends normally. Um, <laughs> the iCubs open in Buffalo in early April. I'm going to say that again. The iCubs open up in Buffalo in early April. Buffalo is in upper New York, literally upper New York, like almost Canada, New York. They're playing on April 8th. I wonder what that weather forecast is going to be. I'm guessing that day I'll probably be listening to Myrtle Beach, something south. Myrtle Beach, maybe Tennessee. I don't even want to follow South Bend games then because it's ridiculous. Following a baseball game when it's 37 degrees and expecting to hear anything predictive 
for the future is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. If you have a choice to listen to a college baseball game or a pro baseball game, minor league game, whatever, 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 and you have a choice between four games, one of them, the temperature is 28 degrees. The other, the temperature is 34 degrees. Another, the temperature is 39 degrees. And the other, the temperature is about 50. Listen to a game that's about 50. You'll actually learn something more because you're not trying to assess, huh, I wonder who had the best day getting stuff from Garmin. <laughs> Back a couple of years ago, I think it was 2019, South Bend was just not hitting, not hitting, not hitting at all. None of the players were hitting. And it was April and it was cold and they're all freezing their butts off and it was low A. There's a whole bunch of players from the Dominican and Venezuela and all that kind of stuff. And one of the announcers was talking about how they saw the South Bend Cubs bus parked out of outside of a Garmin facility. And they were, you know, inside getting, oh, okay, uh, here's some undershirts and here's some, uh, some of this, some of that, some gloves, some... Players were spending money on stuff to make them feel warmer and more comfortable. And it worked. <laughs> um, yeah, they eventually started to hit because they actually felt like they weren't freezing cold. Listening to games in absurdly cold weather is kind of silly if you have other games that are being played in reasonably good weather at about the same time. So yeah, as the season starts, I'm going to prioritize Myrtle Beach and Tennessee, not because I think Myrtle Beach and Tennessee are going to be the teams to follow specifically. I have severe concerns with Kevin Alcantara and Reggie Preciado and who else do I have? Um, <laughs> pretty much anybody who hasn't played against a an ACC first team hall, uh, first team all conference guy. And if you haven't pitched, if you as a hitter haven't faced a first team all conference ACC first team all conference SEC guy, you might struggle the first time you play against them. I expect it. I expected it last year, and it happened. This year, people are going to be saying, but the guys had such good years last year. They're going to do so well this year. Well, how confident are you of that? Are you totally confident of it? Or are you wishing that, hey, it'd be really cool if they did? Because there's a significant difference. There's a significant difference between this would be really cool if it happened and I'm quite confident this will happen. It would be really nice if all of this snow would melt tomorrow I don't think it's going to happen though because it's not going to be like 38 degrees until Tuesday so <laughs> science wins over hunches um, but Iowa iCubs will play more games this season now on to a strategic move the owners made that 
may plan into plan out things on into the future. As of now, the negotiations aren't going well, and they are give a little, take a little. Hey, how about if we do this? How about if we reduce this number by five million? How about if we add this to? How about if we change this? How about if we? Nobody's saying we are taking this off the table. Nobody is saying we are definitely going to do this or definitely not going to do this. The sides are now at the, hey, what if we would recommend this? What if we would consider that? Would you be willing to do this if we did that? That's where it is now. That's where it is now. Both sides are, hey, what if? What if? What if? One of the interesting concessions that apparently had been floated by ownership was eliminating draft pick punishment for signing free agents. I'm a huge fan of using honest terms instead of saying compensation. I prefer the term punishment because compensation is very sanitized. Major League Baseball teams don't care about compensating Cincinnati or Tampa or Cleveland or Tampa. No, really, they don't. There, there is no interest in compensating anybody. Nobody wants, hey, let's let the Brewers have another draft pick. Let's let the Cardinals have another draft. Nobody is interested in compensating the Pittsburgh Pirates. What Major League Baseball teams want to do is punish the Yankees punish the Dodgers, punish the Red Sox, and possibly, maybe, punish the Cubs. Teams want teams who are going to work hard to do things, who are going to oh, spend their money on things. Teams want other teams who are trying to do well to get punished. Punishment. Punishment is what Major League teams want. Teams weren't... Um, Oh, how about this? Uh, we are going to stop allowing you to spend whatever you darn well want to on the draft and on international spending. We're not doing that because we're being you know, magnanimous and nice. and No, we want to... The, the teams decided to start limiting how much could be spent on the draft and internationally. Because some teams were getting advantages from spending too much money. And I put air quotes around that. Spending too much money. And the teams that didn't want to spend too much money, air quotes again, wanted to punish those teams. Punishment. 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 That is what Major League teams are about. If someone is doing something and getting an advantage from it, I want them to be punished because they're being good. That's the way major league owners tend to look at things. They're getting away with something. 
I want to punish them. So what ended up happening was, oh, you want to sign a free agent who signed a qualifying offer or who, who was offered a qualifying offer, but he refused it. Um, oh, let's see. Trevor Bauer. You signed Trevor Bauer. You Los Angeles Dodgers, you horrible people, you horrible, horrible people. You spent money and brought in Trevor Bauer. We're going to punish you. We're going to punish you in the draft, and we're going to punish you in international spending. Punish you in both. Because punishment is what teams like to do. Punish them because they are trying to make their organization better. I found it kind of interesting that the owners are contemplating pulling the punishment of uh, losing a draft pick over signing a free agent, pulling that off the board. That, you know, that's interesting. If that were to happen um, the next time around or whenever it applies, that would make signing a player who refused a qualifying offer less of a punishment because you wouldn't lose the draft pick. One of the main reasons, I, I'll use a specific example. I don't want the Cubs to sign Trevor Story. I do not want the Cubs to sign Trevor Story. Is it that Trevor Story will necessarily be a bad player? No, I'm not that smart. I don't know how it'll do. But if Trevor Story is going to cost the Cubs a second-round draft choice and international spending space, I don't want the Cubs to sign Trevor Story because I don't think that punishment is worth the gamble. If the owners start to pull the draft pick punishment off the table for teams who sign qualifying free agents, signing a qualifying free agent would be less objectionable. Also, it would probably be of a bit of help to the players' union because they would see that as, hey, Trevor Story will get paid more money. Um, I don't know how that's all going to play out, but it did look like this cycle, at least the November cycle of the um, postseason, the Cubs avoid, 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 avoided anyone who was denying, declining a um, qualifying free agency contract. Um, Marcus Stroman did not have that punishment attached to his signing. The Cubs added him, did not lose a draft pick. The Cubs have the seventh pick in the first round. They kind of have the sixth pick in the second round because Texas went after a they go after one or two qualifying free agents they might have gone after two um, but yeah keeping an eye on the draft picks is part of what I do it's what I'm interested in because I know reasonably well that starting the what will it be third Friday in March, I'm going to be paying attention to college baseball games, and I will be assessing 
the who's and the what's and the witches and assessing which guys make the most sense. Um, I'll also toss this in. Probably doesn't belong here. Probably belonged in the previous podcast, but I didn't include it there. With my little uh, discussion of trading Eric Hosmer for four first-round draft picks, which probably won't happen, probably won't be allowed to happen, but that's the only deal that would make sense to me. That the I, I don't want Eric Hosmer in the same dressing room as Frank Schwindel, Nico Horner, or Brennan Davis ever. I just don't trust him that much. I don't trust him any more than I trust Rocky Wirtz. Not a bit. But if that were to fly, if my idea of Eric Hosmer for four draft picks and then Eric Hosmer just gets uh, ixnade upon, uh, immediately upon the trade being consummated, uh, designated, released, and whoever wants them can have them. We don't want them. We just want the four first-round draft picks for the money that we paid to get Hosmer. Um, if the Cubs were to make that trade, if it were to be illegal, uh, uh, allowed, if it were to happen, if it were to take place, I did check. San Diego has the 15th pick in the draft. 15th pick in the draft. So um, if it ends up being a situation where Cubs get Hosmer, Cubs release Hosmer, Cubs have four first-round draft picks, the first one being 15 in the first round this cycle, pick number 15 would be a phantasmaglorious sort of a draft pick to potentially look into a trade regarding. Because... With baseball, I would love, if trades are permitted, I would love to be trading down more than trading up. And the premise on trading down with draft picks is most of the time, most of the time, most of the time, most of the time, you'll have groupings, you'll have clumpings. Like one through three are kind of similar. Four through nine are kind of similar. One through three are better than four through nine. Seven is probably better than nine, but the difference between seven and nine is probably quite a bit, not, not very much. But if you get picks 10, 11, 12, 13, you know, in that range, there are groupings. So let's say you have one grouping of one to three, one grouping of four to nine, one group of... 10 to 24, then one kind of large grouping from 25 to about 61, and then an even larger grouping between 62 and 213. As you can see, the further down the list you go, the players tend to get a whole lot more similar. So if you're in a situation where you have the 15th pick as a Oh, look what we backed into. Sort of a draft pick. And you can trade draft picks on MLB draft day like teams trade picks on NFL draft day or NBA draft day or I think they trade them on NHL draft day. If you have a guy, 
if you have a pick coming up at 15, and there's another team, another team that says, hey, we really, 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 really want the guy at 15 as opposed to the guy we might get at 20 or 22 or 23. We really want the guy that's on the board right now. Would you be willing to make a trade? That's where you end up having a, sure, we will trade pick 15 for pick 22 or 23. Not specific, just, you know, that kind of sort of range. If you toss in a third and a fifth. So, talking about a potential 15th pick trade, if it ends up being Cubs trade pick 15 and instead get pick 20 or 21 and also a third round pick and also a fifth round pick in addition, then yeah, I would be completely cool with that. That would be fantastic because I really don't see the difference between any one specific player in the 15 range as opposed to in the 20 range as being that much more tolerable than someone else. You get someone in the third round, you get someone in the fifth round, you get players who can contribute, get them into the pipeline, get them doing things, get them playing, get them in short season ball, get them onto full season ball, get them developing, get them progressing, and go from there. Baseball, if there are going to ever be trades of draft picks, the well-positioned organization will usually be the one that says, yeah, sure, I'd be willing to trade this 22nd pick for the 27th pick if you throw in a second round pick for it. If you throw in a third and a fifth. Or if you get somebody who's really, 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 really A.J. Preller to get rid of Eric Hosmer desperate, you get someone who, hey, I want that ninth pick in the first round. I want that ninth pick in the first round, and I have the 11th pick. Okay, fine. Do we get your first rounder next year? That kind of, you know, cuts the slack. Either way, either you don't really, 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 really want to make the trade, or you make the trade. If there is trading in Major League Baseball, trading down is almost always going to be better than trading up because with baseball, the further down the ladder you go, the more likely the players toward the bottom will have a chance to at least make up the difference. Now, you might end up trading for a couple of draft picks that end up being used on pitchers who have injuries and don't have productive careers. And the trades might not work out, but as far as from a logic perspective, which is where we reside, generally on this podcast, logic, um, yeah. In general, trade a 15 for a 21 and a third round pick and a 15th round and a fifth round pick. Yeah, you'd do that. You'd do that. Because for the six-pick difference in players, you're probably better off 
taking a guy who's similar, 15 to 21, probably very similar, and adding on two entirely different players after and seeing if maybe one of those turns into Whitmerfield. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great day, and I will see if there's more chatter on my Eric Hosmer idea.